0: Should we pour the tequila shots?
1: Seth Gibson, welcome to the 525 Records Podcast. Thanks, Elliot. That song you just heard, uh, you recorded that and uh, mixed it. <clears throat> yeah, it's been a while since I've heard that. That, that, w- that was a great Emily Kane. Yeah, Emily Kane. Zone. uh song, With a song called Super, you can find it on uh, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere
0: else. Yeah, those uh, there was a trio, and uh, they were some of my wife Cha's art students, and that was Really, the first thing that's been recorded at Maple Lane. the brand new, yeah,
1: compound annex songwriter.
0: Uh, singer's name is James Kelly, and he's a just an amazing songwriter. I freaking love that song. I know, super super good hooks and and uh, man, the low end came out pretty good. Yeah, the kick drum sounds all right.
1: I mean, that was before you had any mics or any uh, really decent gear. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah, that was all recorded in the box using the Apollo. Uh, eight. I was super jelly because you got a chance to do the
1: big time executive producer j- job where it's your gear, you're recording everything, you're mixing everything. Yeah, they're coming in and playing, and then you got to sit there and mix and do everything I, post.
0: I got to mix everything and all the post stuff. I only made a few suggestions though; was, they really came in and it was they were pretty tight, pretty they, easy to work with. Yeah, they they had done their practice, and we just did like two passes of each song. And then uh, a couple overdubs of some good guitar solo stuff, and the vocals were overdubbed, of course.
1: I'm just glad that, you know, there's some kids out there today that still have the fire to play live music and, you know. Yeah. Not electronica.
0: In my opinion, have good musical taste. Yeah. 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 They like all the same bands that I do. And they're 30 years younger. Right. (laughs) Well... uh
1: 525 records podcast is brought to you today by casa amigos tequila oh in case you didn't know this is the george clooney tequila. are you, are you sponsored by george clooney now Hold on, let me get that on mic oh man i gotta iso that that sounds awesome we've had a real tequila sampler kind of week everything hornitos we had dwayne the rock johnson's tequila uh the other day which went real quick yeah notes of sure a smooth vanilla finish all right cheers buddy Cheers. Hold on, I can't reach. Thanks, buddy. Going down. So, what was it like? It's pretty smooth recording those guys. I mean, uh, well, how long? How many days tracking did you spend?
0: That was. We did two days. The first day, we got all the basics and um i got the feeling or the impression from them that they thought they'd be done already because they were like super rehearsed i was like no you gotta come back and do overdubs
1: i just love how that's the first record that these guys have done they're just a young you know fresh out of high school band yeah first record no money just coming over doing a
0: diy you know yeah i think they they'd done some home recordings on their own and james is actually pretty Pretty good at the uh I don't know what platform he uses. But he sent me some other demos after I recorded that and I was like, what do you need me for? They sound pretty good. You're a big uh disc golf tournament
1: guy. And uh, there's a crew. What is it? I don't want to butcher it. It's the Jomez crew. Is that it? Uh, they do commentary.
0: <laughs> I love watching disc golf videos, everybody. So And they just had the mock bowl. me all you want to, but I don't play as much as I used to, but I love the sport of disc golf, and uh, I watch all the major tournaments. You know, Which the I po- know all the professionals. I know, you know, I know the names. Who just I won the, the Portland Open? Uh, Eagle McMahon, and that's his real name. Man, it came down to the wire. Uh, Kevin Jones really had a rough hole. Uh, he and the irony of it was, he played it safe. He didn't want to test the out of bounds, so he bailed out to the left for an easy approach and he put it a little further away than i'm sure he wanted to but he was just going for par he wasn't trying to get birdie and then on his par putt hits the cage rolls away and it i think he was safe and then so he has to putt again for bogey hits the cage rolls it the the baskets on a mound so anytime you don't hit the chains and it goes in the basket you're in danger of rolling away so he he hits the band, and then it rolls out of bounds. So now he's shooting for seven, and he was the leader. He was up by two strokes, and uh, just like that, you know, it slipped away from him.
1: Well, big shout out to the Jomez crew. They do an unbelievable job covering these events. Yeah. The Portland Open, which just happened uh, last weekend, while I was up here. I mean, they've got drones. They've also have the roadcaster, the yeah. most beautiful piece of equipment they, ever for doing. They do podcasts. commentary,
0: and their turnaround time is impressive they're filming 18 holes of disc golf two cameras sometimes three i think but they have a catch cam and a a cam at the tee and then uh so they take all the footage that they capture probably by 6 p.m i don't know whenever the round finishes they edit it all and they have a crew come in and do commentary Basically, watching the edited footage, they also do graphics like follow flights.
1: You never see a mess up. You oh. never see a mistake or a post-production
0: yeah. flub or. No, they're, they're solid. They've kind of they've done a lot for the sport. I think they're kind of they revolutionized the coverage of disc golf. And uh, yeah, unless it's a Jomez Pro video, I don't I don't really watch it. Unless it's a player, they're doing something awesome, like a highlight. The best is, shot.
1: They do these uh, biographies, these little bio pieces on yeah, the actual golfers. They've gotten into that.
0: The, the music is very uh, Olympic. Like there's a backstory. Yeah. It's everything. Well, everything is slow mode. So Jonathan Gomez or mess his brother, does all the music for them. He composed their theme, which is it's actually a really catchy song. And you know, not my style of music. It's not something I would seek out to listen to, but very relaxing and and it you know instantly when you hear that song you're like oh here's a jomas pro video you know um it's you know pretty impressive stuff
1: i mean some athletes may do squats or uh, bench presses or run you know 10 miles a day the best is when they show these guys you know they're like stretching out it's, it's all about the elbow and getting the most yeah. you can on a hyzer
0: and uh, Elliot just learned the word hyzer the other day. He tried to make a drinking game out of it. What is the
1: opposite of hyzer? Anti-hyzer?
0: Anhyzer. Anhyzer. So yeah. that's a reverse hyzer. Yeah, it's just where you angle the disc. If you're right-handed, you know, everyone knows what a frisbee does when you throw it. So if you angle it to go to the right instead of naturally to the left, that's called anhyzer.
1: You think we could get Eagle McMahon on the 525 Records podcast?
0: I mean... If he saw some value in it, <laughs> there is no value. All right. Well, now we've covered disc golf. I mean,
1: bro, we're just getting started
0: on disc golf. Are we going down lawnmower videos and everything? Or <laughs> you know who else I like watching though It's Rick Beato. That yeah, dude, he,
1: a shame what happened to his channel. What he happened to it? The DMCA.
0: I mean, they're getting everybody
1: it's just music copyright
0: yeah they're fucking not all this stuff you you know what the thing about him is he he doesn't really make money a lot like i think the majority of his videos are demonetized because at least the what makes this song great videos because he uses the song he has the multi-track there and it's it's really cool because you know all these famous songs he goes through and you know he's like what makes this song great what what about this song is you know what people like and so he'll iso the vocals and he'll iso the kick drum and show you the fills and you know say listen to these guitars and like when they're blended just with the bass and how you know how they interact together so but because he's playing the band's song all the all that money's going to the artist you know he's not really getting any revenue from his views and all that well it should be a complete fair use you know His latest video was he finally filed a fair use because he was doing a
1: educational. It was an
0: educational video, and he was cover. He was basically he didn't sing the song. He just played the chords, and I think it was uh, "Ramble On." It was Zeppelin, and whoever whoever owns the publication or the publishing rights for that Zeppelin song, um, someone in the office was like, "Yep." no, we're going to demonetize this. You uh, know, If we he, played
1: Ramble On on the podcast right now, Jimmy Page, would get a text and then immediately yeah, someone would be notified.
0: But again, he didn't, liar. all he did was play, he was talking about interesting chord structure and what makes a song not boring. Right. And so he used that as an example. He used several other examples in the video. And again, he's just playing the chords. He's not covering it. He's not singing the lyrics, not doing anything. And, uh, he only I think he only filed the fair use dispute because everyone comments, you should do that, you know. Normally he just, I, I think in some videos he does a rant, like a follow-up video where he rants about this is BS, you know, and this is why, and, and a lot of them get taken down.
1: And like the, the those, same thing is happening on Twitch right now, where if you have a, a Twitch stream, whatever game, you have music, it has to be so low in the background, and you have to be talking so continuously. <laughs> Otherwise, they will just totally. Yeah, if they don't nuke the stream, they'll at least block the audio, which is a real pain in the butt. Can we have some music in the background?
2: I think we're at at this album. We're kind of a crossroads in our career, and so uh, you know we'll know within the next five or six months what the future (laughs) will be. I could, I, couldn't, I could never produce anyone because I don't have the patience for it. I think that's the main thing is who's ever producing or engineering has to have incredible patience just to sit there for hour after hour after hour. Like you can get up for a while, for a few hours, and split and come back and all that, but he's got to be there all the time. speech uh, partway through the trial, in which he uh, traced the origin of uh, freedom of speech and, uh, which goes side by side with uh, the, the origin of drama, actually, the, the right of a dramatist to, uh, or an artist to uh, state his views without coming under legal pressure it was it was a brilliant um, uh, summary of that historical process but I, it didn't
1: have any effect a brilliant summary of that historical process yet it didn't have any effect that was jim morrison when he had his famous trial his lawyer made this brilliant summary about the origins of free speech and how you can trace it back to the very early origins of the dramatists was that,
0: was that so the real question is did Jim Morrison think to say that, or was that just what his lawyer was saying so that he uh, no remembered and recited that?
1: No, his lawyer came up with that whole argument, yeah. which of course is brilliant and it right. makes total logical sense. Right. And
0: you would think but it holds is Jim in a Morrison the law, genius that would come up with that, or is he just like regurgitating what he uh, heard his defense lawyer saying?
1: No, come on, look, you know, only He's a saying. lawyer can come up with that kind of <laughs> brilliant. <laughs>
0: Those recordings are better than I remember them. E train, good job. That song was Chandra by the yeah. Great Bird Politics. <laughs> that was also on the Little Apollo, right? Fronted
1: by Seth Gibson.
0: Yeah, you wrote the song. I I wrote those songs. The first one we heard um, has been traveling with me for a long time. Uh, I wrote that down when I was living in Austin, and I was I was really proud of it. It was like the first song I was happy with writing. In a little while. You know that demo? I know John hates the ending of Chandra. Because he wasn't doing what he intended at the very end.
1: Is there anything John doesn't hate? Well. What a stupid question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You motherfucker. You bastard. You got all the sound rights. The great John Rasmussen. Can you pull me why don't you pour me a little uh, George Clooney there? Give me a Clooney cut, buddy.
1: The 55 Records Podcast brought to you today by Casa Migos Tequila Blanco. This is the George Clooney Cha. tequila. Uh, you if you don't know about the celebrity tequila market, it is off the rails right now. Everybody that's anybody is making their own tequila and then charging exorbitant prices. I mean, we paid so much for this bottle. It should be fucking criminal. I mean, it's not that. It's $43. Which I guess is a lot for that size bottle. Fucking ridiculous! I'm sure it's just your average run of the mill. I mean, it tastes great. It's got notes of a smooth vanilla finish.
0: Yeah. Cheers, guys.
1: Cheers. You ruined it, Elliot. All right, cheers to the Five Twenty Five Records Podcast, Seth Gibson Edition, brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. surprisingly smooth it's, kind of got like a flavor, it's got notes of a smooth uh, vanilla finish
0: oh good job John.
1: <sighs> well it's time on the 525 records podcast for drunk dialing on a wednesday we're gonna call some people see what happens we may not get anybody this is a bit directly ripped off from the doug stanhope podcast where they do drunk dialing but we are drunk dialing on a wednesday
3: Hello?
0: Alpha.
4: A stupid question.
0: Oh, man. How's it going? Can what you...
4: You... Yeah, What are you guys doing? I'm sitting in the sun having a cocktail. What the oh, fuck man. is
0: this? You're live on a Beat? podcast right now.
4: I'm on a podcast right now? <laughs> what a
0: stupid yep. question.
4: You tricksters, you.
0: Do you hear those sound bites?
4: Okay. Is Ugh. it John? Yeah. John the sound bite?
0: Yeah, John's Ugh.
5: the <laughs> <laughs> I look like an ogre, but I got the voice of a fucking angel. <laughs> I, I see a button, <laughs> button
4: that you're pushing that's saying that stuff. Is that you, how this works?
0: Yeah. You know, Elliot's pushing the buttons and you've got it. Exactly.
1: Alpha, welcome to the Fetchy Five Records podcast. You are live on the air.
4: Wow. You caught me at a great time. I'm sitting outside in the sun three blocks from the beach with a cocktail.
0: Oh, wow. That awesome. sounds amazing.
4: Yeah. Talk yeah. about.
1: Talk about Seth Gibson a little bit. This is the Seth Gibson episode number two.
4: Oh, the ingenue become rock star. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I met Seth when he was a little kid, actually. Next door to my house.
0: True, um, we were He would neighbors. come and
4: spend the summer. Yep, he would come and spend the summer from the East Coast. And um, all the Gibson boys, all three of them would come um, every summer and they had a, co- a Cocker Spaniel that would hump its soccer ball. Oh, yeah. Uh, Barney. Yep. Barney Google. Barney. What yeah. the Barney fuck is Google. This? Mm-hmm. So that was one of the memorable things about the Gibson family was Barney Google. My most um,
0: memorable thing was uh, the school bus in your driveway. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty actually amazing. I just
4: wrote an essay about that. Yeah. just wrote a whole essay about that and my dad, actually.
0: That's awesome.
1: What is is the scene like over there? What are you doing right now?
4: And and Seaside? Yeah. Uh, Today I worked on a construction site and I loaded a huge trailer um, with probably a couple thousand pounds worth of construction debris. Um, It was partially for money and it was partially because I need a beach bod for Mexico in September.
0: Where are you going? So.
4: Going to Puerto Vallarta in September.
0: Ooh, nice.
4: I'm graduating from college.
0: Congratulations.
4: Thanks. Yeah. So then then I didn't know Seth very well. So let's get back to Seth for a minute here. Let's get I back. didn't know Seth well.
1: Let's get back to Seth. I didn't know Seth well. Let's get back to and Seth, Seth, well. back to Seth then, real quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then
4: I I, I um, I took an adventure with my brother John. John, are you there? Ugh, what a
0: stupid <laughs> question. <laughs>
4: is it is that a button that you're putting?
0: John is not here, Alpha. <laughs> it's just me and, me and me and e train
4: <laughs> okay, so um that's amazing, but uh, we got on a bus to visit uh Seth's older brother Kyle on uh, in Pittsburgh, where he was in art school and um and then I brought my alpha noise tape. Not to, you know, just talk about me the whole time, but well, I brought it. You
1: know, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, 525 Records just released the Alpha Noise album back in uh, December. It's I know.
4: Still I'm, I'm getting a huge response. I really appreciate press. it.
1: You're actually you're actually leading the streaming revenue category, <laughs> I? believe it or not. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you a number because it'll disappoint you, but you are well, bl- blowing <laughs> the other artists away. <laughs> hey, <I'm,
4: laughs> I, I, know, I know for a fact that I came to a pool party recently in Portland. And somebody was like, who I've known as an acquaintance for years, was like, um, um, "I'm just going to say it um, now. I'm a super fan." And I was like, "What? What's happening?"
1: Alpha noise.
4: And, and I was like, "What?" She's like, "I heard alpha noise." And I was like, "What?"
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah, you can hear alpha noise yeah. as well on all your favorite streaming platforms: iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, uh, you know, wherever music is available. Check it.
4: it out. It was really. It was a surreal experience. Actually, I was like, "Okay, that's interesting." Hmm. Yeah.
0: I think I I uh, was out in Portland for a summer. I was like sixteen, and uh, I think you gave me that little secret about oh, if you want a bass drum, you just tap on that microphone. You know, like oh uh, yeah, boom, I use boom, that trick. Ch- boom boom. Ch- so yep, yep. a lot of the percussion I- on my project. Was probably, you know, biting off yours. Um, I didn't use a lighter for a snare, but, you know, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely used that tap on the uh, 57. Great
4: memory for details, Seth yeah. Great memory <laughs> for details. John, are you there? John?
6: Ugh, what a stupid question.
4: What the fuck is this? <laughs> um, John was my graphic designer. And um, I, I had a photographer named Laurel, Lauren Bailey who did the inside photography on the cover. And John took the layout. I had a whole vision of how this cassette should look.
0: <laughs> yeah. Here, listen to this. This is the uh on Cigarette lighter snare Can you hear that?
4: Yep
3: I mean How
1: awesome that is that? That is the
4: flick of a bit. That's the flick of a bit.
1: Yeah. This is home recording that is the honest. Yeah.
4: I was under the influence of marijuana cigarette time too That's where the lighter came into play yeah. I'm kind of getting. I'm gonna be honest. I'm getting back to my roots. Um, I got the. I got a new interface that works with GarageBand, and I'm just gonna treat it like a four-track. In the old days, I've also been doing a lot of writing, like just actual writing, essays and and writing. Yeah. And I want to apply it to uh, lyrics again. And um, I'm just kind of. I've got a new, a new um, energy right now. I feel like.
0: Which I like hasn't it
4: hasn't been there for a long time Yeah
0: I need to get that energy back I don't feel like I've written a new song in well, forever
4: Seth, you have such an amazing singing voice You're an amazing guitarist You were the ingenue Become songwriting genius
3: well, Thank
1: you And
4: uh, I miss the Senators It's one of my favorite bands That ever existed on planet Earth
1: well, we were just talking about uh, Panka and Three Pound Universe the other night on the Burr Politics. Oh,
4: yeah, the podcast. many names of that band, of yeah. that man, such oh, And
0: Freak Freely.
4: And Freak Freely, Three Pound Dick was the first variation. But then it was like, ah, ah me and John are brother and sister in the same band. So you it was Do we need to call our band Three Pound Dick? It or? wasn't just a joke. <laughs>
1: that was an actual band name because that was quite a debate on the yeah, other that's podcast funny. that John said. Yeah, now
4: settle that debate right now. It was a name shortly. John said
1: it was just a joke, and that it was always three pound universe, and that you guys just said that as a
4: joke. No, yeah, no, but we were lit. Also, before lit became famous, and this is a a a really (laughs) a really true story. (laughs) A really true story is that I met um I met the band lit. Oh
3: really? And
4: as I was, I had still had that. So we had had that band name, um, same band, Pinka, but pre-Pinka, we were lit. We loved our band name, our tape case art. Uh, theme was Barnum & Bailey Circus tent, um engravings on fire and um, I would say things like, we're lit and we hope you are too or something like that, I don't know <laughs> I don't think and um, we, we loved our name, we owned our name and we loved it so much and then uh, we booked a show at uh, Captain Ankeny's, downtown Portland and I had a job that started at 2am like a weirdo it was for the railroad and um, We I had to be done at midnight, right? I had to finish work by midnight, load up and be at work at 2 a.m. Very weird time in my life. But so I asked if we could be the opening act, please. No matter how many people we brought, can we please be the opening act? They said yes. We got there and I said, no, 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 you're lit. Um, you're headlining. And I said, nope, we can't headline. We got to switch it up. I got to work tonight. And they were like, no, 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 you're lit from San Francisco, right? And I was like, no. I don't know who that is. What a stupid and they were like,
0: question. Do you had the same fucking booking as Lit? The no, other Lit?
4: they thought we were a more famous band. Right. They thought we were the other Lit.
0: But you guys were the playing the same agent. show?
4: No, they thought we were them. Oh, so they man. put us in the headlining slot because they were already <laughs> getting radio play. And you're like, <laughs> can,
1: can we get our check first,
4: please? <laughs> I wish we could have got paid. It turned into a deal. They did put a second. I was late to work. um, And they said, you have a problem because there's another band with your name and they're getting really famous. They're on the radio. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. And um, so fast forward now. The uh, night that I was uh, hanging out at a strip club and I saw Marconi from KNRK, the radio DJ. I remember that guy. Yeah. So I, I had known him. I had known him from the strip club a little bit. So. We start running around together, and he says, we have to go to um, Sassy's tonight. And I go, okay, we'll take a cab to Sassy's. We're getting loaded. The world-famous Sassy's. Sassy's. Yeah, world-famous Sassy's. There's a a rope and a cable and some guys sitting behind, like, a velvet rope, like a VIP area. We go over there. And we're hanging out, and I'm like, who's this? And he's like, oh, this is the band Lit. They played in town tonight. And I was like, motherfucker.
0: What are the odds? <laughs> wow. Is there a fist
4: so, fight? I infiltrated their after party No way. very cleverly. No oh, way. yeah. I went downtown. I went back to their hotel room. They had a suite from the top of, well, I don't know what it is now, but it had a great view, and it was a big hotel room. And there was all these people partying. And I was like chatting with the drummer all night, and I think he thought he was flirting with me, and I was getting really loaded, and I said, you know what? You stole my band name, when I was wasted, right? Man. (laughs) 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 And he goes, what? Because these guys were older than me, really, literally, they're older than than us by a while. They had been at it for a while, you know? And uh, I'm like, you stole my band name. But my name was lit and you guys stole my name And he like so schooled me He was like you know how hard we've worked You know how long we played We've had this name for over 10 years we played every shitty club We own this name It's our name We're finally getting recognized And he was like fuck, pissed Right And then he goes You know who you remind me of <laughs> I was like who And he goes Ally Sheedy from the Breakfast Club Crossed with the Bandcamp Girl from American Pie <laughs>
0: Oh no! <laughs> wow, you remember that diss? That's a, oh, because it
4: hit real close to home. <laughs> I was like, "Um, I think you kind of nailed it." I'm not gonna lie, and now I'm gonna leave. <laughs> and that's a true motherfucking story, right wow. there.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. That was awesome, yeah. and it was podcast gold.
4: <laughs> it 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 was real. It happened. I hope that um. Whoever, what his, whatever his name is from the band Lit actually hears this podcast
0: well, and
4: it's like I remember that night
0: that At will never happen for, for what it's control. worth for what it's worth if I had to listen to Lit or Lit it would be your
1: Lit Seth Gibson my guest today on the podcast the current bass player in the band West Cash oh yeah however the first ba- bass player was none other than our phone guest Alpha Rasmussen I was wondering, Alpha, mm-hmm. could you maybe just take us down memory lane as the original first bass player in Les Cash? Oh,
4: yeah. You know, um, I think Les Cash was very liberating for both me and John. John there?
1: Ugh, what a stupid question.
4: <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, okay, so, Um. yeah, so me and John had worked we, we have this duo project which has never played live or never really finished any songs actually our whole life since we were kids. Um, we spin our wheels and we bounce off each other and we overanalyze and we overwrite and overstructure and cut each other down, build each other up. It's very dramatic brother-sister relationship and then Mark starts um, playing the guitar and writing all these songs like prolifically like so many songs like all the time and um, Me and John realized that we can just be a creative uh, rhythm section for the first time, collaborating together. Because I was always writing with a bass player with John. John's a good writer. John participates in writing actively as a drummer. He as you really guys does. Know. He, he really does. Really, does yeah, he's he's a writing. He needs drummer, publishing
1: yeah. credits.
4: Yeah, he's a writing drummer for sure. Um, but. This was just different this time Because we could get as Detailed and tight and we're, We have a um, You know that kind of psychic connection that happens With siblings with um, music Where we don't have to talk about Things that used to frustrate our bass player Bronson a lot because we wouldn't discuss Anything and we would just start making Changes without actually verbalizing anything And Bronson would be like quit it Quit it with your psychic shit You know like I, you gotta clue me into what's happening So me and John could do this behind Mark. like like a palette for Mark to write songs upon, kind of, you know? So it's really a relieving like, I don't know how to express it, but just a a really freeing, liberating fun time in that band.
1: 525 Records, uh, the genesis of it was the house that we lived in for a long time. It was 525 Southeast Lincoln Street. They sold it, it was torn down, it is a gravel pit today, and out of its death was rebirthed the 525 Records record label. The and, uh, Phoenix
4: Rising from the the cement yeah. uh, parking lot that and it is.
1: As, yeah. as a former resident and a big contributor to that old 525 Records house, I was wondering if you could just take me back and uh, what are some of your favorite memories if you have any? Well, I
4: was one of the very first actual roommates there back in the 95 maybe i want to say maybe even earlier because um jason lauren and somebody else had moved in i can't remember who jennifer lewis maybe and uh they need they couldn't swing that uh 6.95 rent you know what an arm and a leg Arm and a leg back then, so I moved into the dining room, which we know that that became sort of the, so the actual living room became the recording studio, the, the, the other room, the dining room kind of became the hang room slash control room if you need, you know, isolation or whatever. So I moved in there as a young, uh, I think I turned 21 when I lived there. So, yep, I turned 21 when I lived at 525 first time around. And, uh, well, gosh, there's decades of memory, literally.
0: It it, it was literally decades, right? I mean, I remember going there as an underage kid with my brother, Kyle. It was decades. I think Kyle was a roommate there for a while.
4: Kyle, I mean, who didn't live there is more of a question. (laughs) Um, It's easier to actually out who didn't live there. But I remember um, yeah. I Do remember
1: you, um, Tell me about the party. Do you remember the epic party we had there? I mean there was it was just wall to wall people. We had a bunch of bands. The cops got called they shut yeah, us down.
4: That was the Central East Side Industrial District Music Festival.
1: Okay, well you promoted the F out of it and somehow it had you know hundreds of people it, showing it's up
4: called the C E I D music festival. Just to shorten Central East Side Industrial District Music Festival. <laughs> The most amazing party that had ever been held
1: at the Five Two Five House, which is really saying a lot. I mean, there was yeah,
4: because it had Rasmussen um, had uh, headlining, ideally headlining, and we got to squeeze in like what two songs before the cops really shut it down.
1: Right. Yeah. Or who,
4: did who was that? Or for? did um, who? And I think we weren't the headliner. I think we were second to last. We got a um, no, you guys
1: were headlining Us Lights okay. played right before you guys. Us Lights.
4: I was trying to remember their manifestation because they were brothers young and different fans. They Those absolutely brought
1: locations. the house down. They fucking played so good. Oh. They destroyed the place. Then you guys went yeah. up after that, and that's when the cops came.
4: Yeah. You know how many... Ham- we had a 300, um, 300 combination of hamburgers and hot dogs. We had food to feed 300 at the people house? There.
0: It was the most
1: yeah. epic well, party that people had
0: ever seen. Walk, I wasn't there. So walk me through the macro of it. Was it in like a neighborhood party or was it just something that was had this at This was 525? at
4: 525, bleeding over into John's house a little bit, but not much. Everyone was crammed in around the band.
1: Wall to wall wow. people, the entire backyard, basement, living room. You
4: and uh, I want to talk about so my and Mike.
0: 525.
4: MX Mike right now. I want to talk about Mike for a second. Not only is he his, his own phenomenal musician. So I see someone at that party that I just get a vibe from. And he's sitting on the front porch because he's just kind of not. He's talking to a lot of people, but he doesn't know anybody. But anyway, I see this guy and I don't like the cut of his jib. So I get Mike because <laughs> Mike is the motherfucking sleeper. He's the one. He will choke you, you the fuck out. You, call, you go to Mike. Because Mike will be able to talk someone out the door or kill them. One of the two. He's just that guy. <laughs>
1: he's a black belt in he's got, Jiu-Jitsu.
4: Yeah, he's got those skills.
1: And a and good so, poker player from long what I understand. Story
4: short, he, 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 I get him and he susses out. the dude, and I'm like, dude, I think this guy doesn't know anybody here. And he's giving me sketchy answers. And I think he needs to go. Time for and a rear naked choke. <laughs> bounced, Mike bounced him. He talked him off the porch and talked him away. I had hundreds of people, but his vibe was so negative that I was super, super cool with that. Like Mike, yep. Prompt. Hey guys, can I leave the podcast now? You can. Okay. I got to go. I'm being rude. Alpha Rasmussen. Thank you. Crew.
1: Drunk down on a Wednesday. Thanks for calling in or actually thanks for receiving our call to the Um Lakers I hope Marcus.
4: I see you guys in person really soon. Like maybe next week or something. Sounds good. Maybe Wednesday. Pencil me in for Wednesday. A Wednesday appearance.
1: You're penciled in.
4: Okay. Later. Love you guys. Love you too. Bye. Love
0: you
6: too. <laughs> Seth. Oh, uh, this is a Seth Gibson podcast. So if you really want to get down and dirty and know the real Seth Gibson, there's a couple things that I want the public to know. Are you ready, E Train?
1: Making its second appearance in two consecutive episodes because the song is so good. This is Lonely Soldier by the band Penka, fronted by Alpha Rasmussen. <laughs>
0: in front of the camera right now. Yeah. This is a... It's a producer's note, you know. Yo. Yo, 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 yo. Cesar, yo. welcome yo, to the 525
1: five Records podcast. You are live on the air right now.
5: His nice, dude. What's
1: up? How's it going, man? How you been?
5: Good, man. I'm fucking, uh... Excuse my... Technology's not been participating... Uh, very well with me so i have these damn earbuds on so i hope you guys can hear can you guys hear me clearly
1: yeah we're we are uh bluetoothing you through sound pretty clear to me a brand new toy that i have called a roadcaster. it lets you pipe in phone calls and do podcasts at the same time Cesar Aguilar, welcome to the Fat Five Records podcast. Uh, my guest today is Seth Gibson, and he played in a band with you for a little while in Austin, Texas. And uh, you guys know each other pretty well. So in, inevitably, you came up during the course of our podcast, and we thought, you know, let's do some drunk dialing. Drunk dialing on a Wednesday. <laughs> Who can we call? So we, uh, we called you. What's the scene Austin. like over there? Describe Austin, Texas today. What was your uh, day like?
5: Well, dude, um, you know what? It's Austin's kind of been like the frickin' northwest. I mean, what I hear in terms of weather, like it—you know—the the kind of the, the thinking when you're from somewhere like Texas is that it's always rainy and and uh, you know you guys are always getting rained on in in your neck of the woods and Austin has been that way, man. It's such uncharacteristic weather, man. Basically, you know, all of May was rainy. All of, um, all of April was rainy and we have just been kind of overcast for a better part of, I would say 60 days. And then finally, um, it kind of broke. It kind of broke, uh, this, this week where it's like, finally it's like hot and, you know, getting some blue skies and, back to the normal freaking Texas heat, man.
1: Tell me about the ice storm back in uh, March or maybe it was February.
5: <laughs> uh, oh dude. The entire you know, city was of,
1: out of power for days and days. I mean, it was a national headline.
5: Yeah. You know, what's funny, man. Anytime I talk about the weather, I think about that, um, that REM song that I, Think they all hated the shiny happy people, where he says, "Should should we talk about the weather? Should we talk about the government, or something like that?" You know, you know, you know that song I'm talking about?
1: I think so. Yeah.
5: Anyway, man, I mean, anytime I find myself talking about the weather, I always think about that lyric. I used to make fun of that song. I was like, but you know, inevitably as people, we're going to talk about the weather. I mean. <laughs>
3: The
1: entire city of Austin was without power for, you know, days upon end. I mean, where was it for your own predicament? I mean, did you guys lose power? Did you lose water? Was there icicles hanging from the ceiling fan? I mean.
5: You know what? It's funny, dude. Um, my sister called it. She goes, man, this year has been terrible. It's like COVID. First it was COVID. Now we have Snowvid. Uh, so, I mean, that kind of gives you a, a general idea of, Dude, it was traumatic, man. It was, I mean, Carla and I, I would say I was kind of on the verge of a, of a little bit of a breakdown just because, um, yeah, I mean, first of all, like, we never have gotten down to two-degree weather. It was like two degrees Fahrenheit, you know, and other parts of the, of the country, obviously, that's something that they all go through, but not common here. So on the first day that it happened, there was all this snow, and I was like, ooh, this is kind of cool, right? Like, it was all this powdery snow, it was awesome. And we're like, ah, we'll be okay. But then, like, the reality started hitting me that, like, we don't have plumbing that could, that can withstand this type of temperature. Right. So, so Carla's, like, hopping on, like, Reddit and, like, just hearing all over the city that, you know, people's, people's uh they're plumbing pipes are busting, you know water's leaking through ceilings, homes are getting ruined, and we're like it just was like this um, kind of this just like sense of impending doom, you know
1: so what happened and then on this to you guys I mean, did you guys lose power? Did you lose water? I mean, how bad did it get over there in, well, uh,
5: well, yeah, yeah, so on the second day, we had sleet nights with freezing temperatures, and that's when everything went to shit, dude. Um, shortly thereafter, we lost, we lost water. Uh, we might've lost power for just a bit, man. We were really lucky, dude. We were in this little alcove that didn't get hit with a trifecta where you were like losing water, um, electricity and heat. So fortunately for us, we lost water. But we were, um, we had electricity for the most part and we had heat because we have a, you know, a gas, natural gas, um, furnace.
1: Natural gas saved the day for a lot of people down there.
5: Yeah, dude. Dude, we were, dude, we were straight up. I was straight up melting snow so we could bathe. Oh, yeah, and, you know,
1: crazy. the reports that I heard was, it was very sporadic, like, depending on what part of Austin you were in, was everything, you know, if you were in one part, you'd be totally fucked, and if you were in another part, you were, like, unchanged, it was, you know, really, really, you know, sectored out, but anybody that had natural gas, like, made it through, they had a fireplace, they had a stove,
5: seemed like... Yeah, I would say... The- yeah i mean yeah if well but that's the thing there was reports of you know some of some of the gas going out i mean it was just to your point like you didn't know what you were going to get hit with you didn't know whether you're going to get hit with your electricity going out one day and or and then your heat going out the next day and then your water going out the next day i think for carl and i what we decided was in a situation like that it's like so long as we had the heat we were going to be okay because we could, we had plenty of snow to melt and we could light up candles, you know, for light. And, uh, but the heat was like the one thing that was going to be the, uh, the deal breaker for us. If we lost heat, then we were going to end up in a pretty miserable spot.
1: As did a lot of people who were just sitting in their cars, you know, for, you know, an entire night. I think a number of people died sitting in their cars due to carbon monoxide, uh, poisoning, you know, I mean, there was really, from what I understand, you know, there was a shortage of electricity, but for the most part, it was the providers that refused to pay the exorbitant prices, uh, you know, to be able to, you
5: can, you can say, you can say it. I mean, it's just, it's a a shit show
1: and it's just like and total shit show, you know,
5: Yeah. It's like, you know, this is, you know, the pitfalls of like unregulated capitalism and this is what it does. You know what I mean? It's like,
1: it's Enron all over again.
5: Well, it's also like it, 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 you, you, you learn to live with the greed until a situation like this puts a magnifying glass on it. Right. And you're like, okay, yeah. So this is, you know, basically we're at these people's mercy. And when the shit hits the fan, when Mother Nature shows you that, like, like, who really runs the show, right? Um, then, you know, these guys get caught with their pants down. And, uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of human collateral. There's people dying in their home simply because, yeah. because we can't plan for shit like this. And, and they can't get a basic human resource. <laughs> like heat in their home
0: the cold comes all the way down the wheat belt you know it goes all the way down the plains that's what I remember from living down there anyway it's like we get the moisture from the gulf and then that blast of cold air comes all the way down through you know Nebraska and Kansas and it and it reaches all the way down Dallas I'm sure got messed up too it's usually where like Austin oh, might dude. be like, oh. the outer reaches a lot of times like a lot of times Austin will get that initial cold blast but for some reason it like stayed over you guys too
5: I don't know right well dude dude to your point man there's like a pretty uh, uh during that storm there's a pretty um what's the word I'm looking for here kind of a viral um video clip of a you know what I think was probably like anywhere from a 30 to 50 car pile up in Dallas man and dude I mean it's just oh man it's just straight brutal dude you're just watching these cars one after another I'm like oh my god I I had to turn it off because like cars are flying over each other and shit it's just it's just insane man you're like this this looks like a freaking you know some kind of action movie that the guy that does the Terminator movie (laughs) you know
1: I remember it that. Like, it that. It was national headlines. It was national headlines. Yeah, yeah. the same things happened in California in the I five during fog storms. But basically, nobody can see in front, and so it's just a you know a, a video game apocalyptic car crash where it's just one after the other just keeps <laughs> crashing yeah. in. I don't
5: mean to laugh, dude. That's not the right response, but it just, you know, when you say video, I mean, you kind of look at it and you're you're just in such disbelief, man, because it's like, holy shit, no way. It's like, all right, that's got to be it. And then now there's another five that can slam right into it. You're like, holy fuck, how do do these guys not see this? You know, how do they not perceive that? um, But I guess it's just so little time and you're skidding on ice, you know?
1: I mean, can't we all agree that the best way to approach death is by laughing, right? Isn't that the old saying? Laugh in the face of death. I mean...
5: I I, I can get down with that, man. I can get down with that.
1: Welcome to the 525 Records podcast, (laughs) where we laugh in the face of death.
5: (laughs) Um, So what's
1: going on in Austin these days, man? What have you been up to?
5: Dude, um... you know, um, I changed jobs recently, uh, I ran a half marathon.
3: What?
1: You're uh, a runner?
5: Yeah, man. I've, 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 the, the pandemic, uh, quarantine's been good to me, man. You know, and that I, I knew that, you know, I knew that like isolating was not going to work for me like this. I mean, I, I like working from home. I've been able to work from home for the better part of a year. And, um, but I was like, I'm going to need to do something. And, and I had been trying to like, um, I have been trying to, you know, establish a running routine. And I just kept on getting injured, dude. Like I would injure my calf. I would injure my hip, I would roll an ankle. And I was, it, it was just like all these injuries, dude. I was like, shit, man, I'm never going to be able to do this. But anyway, long story short, I finally, after months and months of practicing and, and, and developing, you know, I've been able to, you know, it's been a good, a good new passion to develop and, you know, I've been, you know, running, running some long distances now. It's been nice.
1: That's crazy.
0: So a half marathon. Yeah, I, I don't know that I could run around the block I couldn't right run. now, to be honest with you both. I couldn't run to the bathroom.
5: You know what's funny, dude, is that um, I formed like a little run club down here, and everybody is like, "Nah, man, I don't think I can do. I don't even think I can do a mile." And everybody that I've taken on a, on the run has done three miles with me on their first run.
0: Pushing through. Isn't that it. crazy. That's awesome. No, yeah.
5: no, nah, nah, dude, it's not even that. It's just this mental thing. That's where the run. That's why this has been so cool, man, because. Like, when you run long distances, man, there's just a lot of self-talk that goes on. I can't. I won't be able to do it. Why the fuck am I doing this? This shit sucks. What's the point? Oh, my God, my hip hurts. Oh, my God, my ankle hurts. And, like, you start developing this mental toughness about the whole deal where, like, you're like, oh, the pain is temporary. I can always, like, you know, stretch or use a foam roller or some kind of massage gun. And just that, that, that routine of doing it, man, has been so good for, I just find a lot of parallels with it,
3: Uh,
5: long distance, long distance running and, 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 uh, you know, just life, dude, it's it's a, it sounds corny, man. I'm not trying to be all like cliche and cheesy, but there's, it's just, it's just been that for me. It's been cool, man. It's been a cool thing.
0: We jammed the Beyonder just a little bit ago, Cesar. Dude,
5: dude, we I just, was like,
0: uh, I was like, is he going to be okay with this? This one, he'll be okay with. We we, we were going to put like a. Elliot started playing a demo, iPhone recording, and I was like, I don't know if he's going to be okay with you putting this out. You know, we're going to this one. We're going to
1: play the Beyonder, and then I'm hoping you can do some director well, DVD commentary.
5: <laughs> and all that. Oh, Becca was freaking Beto. out on that simple totally. crash. Koosh, koosh, and, koosh. Then,
0: <laughs> and then sometimes he just sat back, you know?
5: Yeah.
0: Uh, dude. That song was The Beyonder. That was a demo.
1: The band was Spectre Whatever. in the Cab. We never. My like, guest today on the uh, podcast is none other than right. Seth Gibson on the line with us. Luckily for the 525 Records podcast, Colin is the great Cesar Aguilar. You guys did that song together.
0: Yeah, that was a long time ago, dude. Like 2009, 2010, maybe. Um, Yeah, I love that. I first started playing with them. They were Spectre and the Cab. It was just, they were a duo, just guitars and just drums, and they were amazing. And then I was lucky enough to start playing bass with them. And And uh, coinciding with that was I was uh, uh, training or studying at the Recording Conservatory Austin, and uh, we did a demo. And uh, that was like one of the songs that we had written that was just beyond the Five Purple Songs EP of the Spectre and the Cab, but before the Haunted Amps. And so it was one of those things that it could have been a song on an album, but it just, it was like an in-between. It was an in-betweener, you know? It was this,
1: Cesar, yeah. you have a line in that song that absolutely floors me. It's something about, uh, you want the kingdom with golden pension. Right. Are those the accurate lyrics?
5: Yeah, you want the, to my knowledge, I think it says, you want the kingdom with the golden pension.
1: What does that mean to you, and what inspired you to write that?
5: What does it mean to you? <laughs> I mean, it it, it means the Good age-old answer.
1: American dream of uh, you know you you want to be president, you 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 want to be CEO, you you want the dream to come true, and then you don't have to work ever again—the golden pension.
5: You know, um, I think that yeah, it could certainly mean that. Um, you know, I like to I like to hear what other people hear. You know what I mean? Or what it mean, what, what it means to them. You know, it was 10 years ago, 11 years ago, maybe, that that song was written. And, um, you know, I'm fascinated with words, man, because I think that if you put them together in a certain way, they can have this really kind of, um, um you know, this kind of psychedelic effect on you. Where you like if you hear them and you like hear them combined with a song, like you can't help but feel something that makes you feel like just a little bit different than just being like your you know, your everyday human doing your everyday shit. You know what I mean? That's what that's what certain certain songs have done that to me when I hear a certain lyric combined with, you know, certain instrumentation and I sit with it and like I, I can be taken buy it and be like I, I don't feel like i feel something beyond being human you know what i mean yeah
1: i love your fascination with the interpretation of the listener because that's the one side of lyric or poetry writing that is like you know it's the other half if well you will.
0: the listener also puts their own experience on your art like look i can still look back to eighth grade listening to Cat Stevens while reading Lord of the Rings at the same time. And so every time, I, you know, sometimes I hear Cat Stevens' song and I'm just, I'm brought back to that place in my life where, you know, everything was magical, you know, before you realize you have to become an adult. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's like an imprint. And so sometimes that happens as well. Like with, when you hear a song, you, you take what's going on in your life and you, kind of you, you yeah the two, well you, the know, two are joined, you, you know
5: yeah dude I, it, it's so funny that you bring that up brother because i was thinking about that that kind of time traveling feature of music right where yeah. you can hear a song and you can be um uh you know transplanted to that that time that you know that that particular song evokes in your memory or whatever the case may be and dude that's a real fucking crazy thing in and of itself if you think about it right where it's like a song and i mean you can be in that experience like as if it was really happening
1: right I you just know, I just love it. how whenever I ask you about your amazing mysterious lyrics, you always say, "Well, what did you hear?" You know, I'm always looking for a clarification, and then it becomes, you know, "Well, what did you hear? What did it mean to you?" You know, I think that's what's
5: super cool. Or well, you know, kind of circling back to that though, dude. Um,
1: Nobody can hear you because you're not on the mic.
5: Okay, are you saying that to me or somebody else? No,
1: oh, uh, Chad was chiming in. Oh.
5: Okay.
6: Hello, Cesar.
5: Hey, what's up? Hi, my friend. Hey, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good, you know.
6: It's good to hear your voice always.
5: Yeah, you as well, you as well. I get to see you on, I get to keep up with Miss Chaw through your social media posts and stuff, so I feel like I kind of generally know what's going on, so...
6: Yeah, I posted some oh, really yeah. cool shrinky dink final exams the other day.
5: That was a dope. <laughs> yeah. Do you see those? All, yeah, I saw that. That's Fucking really
6: hot cool. Man.
0: Shit, right? <laughs> it's just yeah. hot. I was uh, like, damn, you guys. Yeah. Why can't we have your art students just design the artwork for the albums? They can.
6: For, they totally would be It's well, like
0: free labor. Yeah. And I, you get I, you get like a bunch of different interpretations. Yeah. Well, I Just be continually like, This is your next art project, kids. Seth, gotta, you know I
6: continually exploit my students on yeah, on but a yearly maybe basis. Maybe make
0: it an official project. Be like, "Here's, yeah, yeah. here's, here's yeah, my here's the thing, band. I don't, here's the band. Here's their concept." I want you to come up with some graphic design ideas for this band.
6: We do that. I just and- don't like anything called official. Like, I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> it's your idea. You guys came up with it.
0: Well, it will be their idea. Yeah.
6: But that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's the key to creative success is to make the th- the person that is creating it think uh, think yeah. that they're like completely in control when they're not... <clears throat>
5: Well, I'm sure you have the um, I'm just saying, "Be tricky." I'm you. sure you, I'm sure you can finesse it, yeah. And you probably have the wisdom and the and the know-how how to make them feel completely like it's their idea and empowered. Of and, course,
6: every year, then, every year, every day, <laughs> yeah. every mind, every heart.
5: You know, cool. Cesar, what you cool. doing? Cool. I miss you. Yeah, you know, we miss you guys too. Uh, I'm glad that we're emerging. Yeah. Or at least there's a beginnings of emerging from this, you know, the catacombs, uh, you know, yeah, terrible past year, and yeah, I'd love to get out there and see you guys if you guys are cool with it.
0: Cha, um. I'm curious to hear what you had to say about oh, yeah. the lyrics.
5: So
6: um, I just was like watching, or I was like doing a couple things over in my area of of the yard, and I heard that. Elliot was asking about um oh, please tell you know, please talk about the um the depth of the lyrics that y'all or I didn't know if he was talking about you or Seth, but I would like I chime I wanted to chime in as somebody who's listened to both of well, mainly with you, Cesar, um your the haunted amps, but you as a human being for years before that as well, just as a speaker of, of English, of like, like speaking the language of communication and being pretty hilarious and poignant. Um, and with Seth, who doesn't speak that much, like he's like a kind of quieter speaker, like just both of you guys have, a real intensely poetic depth to your writing that is always really great because it's understated. Like it's, it's one of those things where you might just be the type of, right. I know Seth is, I can't speak for you as much because I don't know you as well as I know Seth, but, um,
5: dude, you know, dude, look, I'm going to be honest, man, here in Beyonder right now, um, Dude, it gave me chills, man. Yeah, because me too. It was a very, it's a very transitional time, meaning that it was the end of, it was getting close to be the end of, of Spectre in the Cab. I think Beta was probably getting close to being on the way out, and I always felt that song. Like hearing it now, it's like I wish that would have been part of our repertoire because I think that that would have been really cool to play live and to continue to develop. You know what I mean? Right. And to get it tighter and tighter and tighter. Yeah, like, yeah. not trying to be, you know, uh, like it gave me kind of like it made the hair on my arms stand up a little bit as we were listening to it. It's kind yeah. of emotional because, like, man, that that song, that song fucking well, rocks, dude. <laughs> it you does know? rock.
0: And sometimes, like, the thing that makes my hand hair on my ear stand up is like uh, not knowing how we did it. You know, like I know we were in the <laughs> studio i know yeah. we. i set up microphones i know we played i know like we did tracks i know we did overdubs and but i just can't put my finger on like how it came to i know it was your songwriting baby you know and 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 yeah dude i it's like how did we do that you know that's like the thing that brings the hair up on my arms. It's like not knowing how it came to fruition, not knowing how it came into existence. Hey, Cesar, you know, and just I'm,
6: like, I'm sorry, you know, but I have to yeah. go cook some cheeseburgers.
0: Thank you, nice, That was an excellent question, by the way.
5: Love yeah. you, Cesar. Yeah, love you too, Child. Great to hear from you.
1: Cesar Aguilar, thank you for uh, calling in to the 525 Records podcast. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. And really some of the greatest hits of the catalog. Uh, Look for Haunted Amps recordings to be out imminently. Uh, Specter in the Cab. Man, that is a record that needs to be out there for sure. Thank you for uh, talking to us today. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
5: You got it, guys. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, y'all take care out there. I look forward to uh, connecting with you guys soon, man.
0: You know it. All right. Love Peace. you, brother. Later.
5: Later, brother. Bye-bye.
1: Just hang up on cigar? Seth Gibson. Yeah. Seth Gibson. Yeah. It's been a pleasure talking to you today on the 525 Records podcast. Uh, do you have any closing uh, thoughts? Any last words? Any shots you want to give? Any plugs?
0: You can I find just, s- I just appreciate the grill and, uh, and uh, <laughs> you can find you
1: can find Seth
0: Gibson no and hold his on. music Rewind all over it. the internet. Cut that. Um, I appreciate um, every opportunity to make music, and I appreciate my family, and I appreciate you, you Train, for uh, rescuing obscure projects. And uh, well, I, I appreciate you, know, you
1: for appearing on the Five Records
0: Records. I appreciate podcast. Cha specifically cleaning the grill right now.
1: Don't forget 525records.com. Uh, you can find us on social media at 525records. Seth Gibson. Uh, check him out. He's got a number of amazing albums. Something like Tragedy is out there on Spotify, YouTube. Check it out. The single The Prey is uh, by far the highly, oh, most highly recommended single from the Seth Gibson catalog. Not Five- bad.
0: Not by me, though, to be honest. Well, by me. End.
1: By me. Okay. I'm recommending it right. as the most highly recommended single.
0: Just cut me out of that, then.
1: 5to5records.com. Five five
0: Seth Gibson. Thank you, Elliot. You got it. Good talking to you.
1: 5to5records five five podcast. We'll catch you next time.